Um, so he put me in, and my dad's always been super supportive. That's why I got I got his name like right here. That's my daddy, uh, right in my heart, because like he drove me to practices and kind of forced me to do it. And then even in high school, he was like, "Hey, try out for the wrestling team." And as a kid doing traditional martial arts and thinking like I'm just gonna rip someone's heart out of their chest, I couldn't really figure out what wrestling had to do with karate you know <laughs> but luckily my dad was there to be like just do it you know and so i got a little bit of wrestling in high school which was like a good intro to grappling um and then later i figured out, oh yeah they are very so <laughs> like they, they do go together welcome to the show What's up, everybody? This is Dante. Again, I don't know why I say this is Dante. You guys know it's me every episode. I've done this for 60-plus episodes, telling you that it's Dante. You know it's What's up, everybody? This is another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. And for this week's episode, my guest is going to be someone that I enjoy talking to. I don't talk to hardly enough. I think he's a fascinating individual, and I'm damn happy to finally get them on this episode. Uh, just one of my teammates, coaches, friends. Uh, my guest this week is going to be Coach Danny Mahoney. Welcome, Coach. How are you oh. doing? Um, I'm doing good. I can't complain. Yeah, I figure, you know, it's like, let's get on here. Um, just talk jiu-jitsu, martial arts, period. Um, we know each other from jiu-jitsu specifically. You know, I just wanted to get on here, you know, just kind of ask you about your martial arts journey period and then you know kind of go into jiu-jitsu a bit as well because you've done more than just jiu-jitsu correct uh just growing up yeah so i started martial arts when i was like seven um i did uh tang sudo which is like you know very similar to like taekwondo where you're throwing like a lot of kicks uh very kick heavy um but i was actually fortunate enough that my instructor um when he branched off from his old instructor had like added in a little bit of Japanese jujitsu, which is like a lot of like wrist locks and like Aikido looking throws. So I had like a little tiny bit of understanding of what like Japanese jujitsu was. Um, but mostly what I got from my childhood of martial arts is like a lot of kicking, which, you know, I wish that it would be cooler to just have done Brazilian jujitsu, but you know, it still comes in handy. Um, especially on the MMA part, you know, like there's some kicks that I feel like guys, spend so much time learning Muay Thai and then when they're advanced Muay Thai they start learning okay let me learn how to spin kick but for me it's like well I've been doing that since I was seven so it's kind of like one little check mark you know what I mean so it, it does come in handy but yeah. when you started martial arts uh, at age seven was it like when you got into it was it more of like just kind of a you know check it out as a hobby type deal or you know like most little kids you know growing up watching Ninja Turtles and stuff you're like I want to be a ninja when I grow up. Right. It's my dad. Uh, my dad has been like really good as far as um, like putting me into stuff. Right. So I would run around the house when I was a little kid. I, I watched Power Rangers and uh, we didn't have cable, but every Saturday they would play an episode of Dragon Ball Z. So it was like between Power Rangers and Dragon Ball Z, I would just run around the house and I'm like, you know, either being a Power Ranger or being Goku or whoever. And he just watches, watches me do this. And he's like, we got to put him in martial arts because he's just like punching the air. Right. He's like, we, we can have him shadow boxing better than that, basically, you know. Um, so he put me in and my dad's always been super supportive. That's why I got I got his name like right here. That's my daddy uh, right in my heart because like he drove me to practices and kind of forced me to do it. And then even in high school, he was like, hey, try out for the wrestling team. And as a kid doing traditional martial arts and thinking like I'm just going to rip someone's heart out of their chest, I couldn't really 
figure out what wrestling had to do with karate, you know, <laughs> but luckily my dad was there to be like, just do it, you know? And so I got a little bit of wrestling in high school, which was like a good intro to grappling. Um, and then later I figured out, oh yeah, they are very similar. <laughs> like they, they do go together. Yeah. But I mean, um, but yeah, that's what it was. It was just my dad watching me run around like an idiot. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've watched your kids. Like, what are they even doing? You know, like he's investigating like, Oh, he's, he's pretending to fight right now. Like, even though it probably didn't look anything like fighting, which is me spinning around flailing my arms, you know, but, um, so that, that, that's kind of how that got started for me. Yeah. And I see my daughter running around, just flipping, just doing things. And it's like, huh, all right, what, what, what are you doing? And then she'll tell him, he's like, Oh, okay. Fighting. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Like, yeah. you know, I, I teach kids how to do that. Right. Yeah. You, know, you, you want to let know. But you're not cool because you're a dad, you know? Yeah, of course. Well, during COVID, we got mats down here and everything and set up. And we started training down here just right. when we we're doing the virtual classes. So she would just do the kids' classes with me, and she really enjoyed it. And then once we come out, my wife was like, I want to put her in dance. We'll put her in, we'll put her in jujitsu later, but I want to put her in dance right now because everything is dance heavy for her and music heavy. So I was like, that's fine. We can do that. And I started thinking, it's like maybe putting her in right now. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to overkill and have her get bored with it too early. So it's like, okay, fair. Let's put her in dance. Let her get bored with that first. And then come to martial arts and be like, okay, dance, dance sucks. I want to like <laughs> choke people. Right. So what was your first class? Like, what was that experience like for you when you got in? Uh, you're talking about the tank, tank days. Yes, sir. Um, so man. Okay. So it's hard to remember, obviously like a whole lot of details, but the, the few that I do remember is it was at Tulip Grove um, elementary. Um, and Bowie, Maryland, right? So it's like my instructor, my, my original karate instructor had kind of like, uh, you know, like a feeder program where he would teach at different community centers and stuff like that. So it's not a good, do it's, a, it's like the cafeteria of the elementary school. So the floor is hard. There's like a, a sticky, like dried up throw up from earlier that day. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't the best spot to be training. Um, but I remember uh, this guy, Eric Jorgensen was like the head instructor there. And I just thought he was like so cool. And like he could do all this crazy stuff with his legs. So I, I really, even though the setting was terrible, like it got me passionate really quick. Uh, sometimes uh, my buddy, Mike Dorothy, who's like a big brother to me, who I'm pretty sure you've rolled jujitsu with. Um, he was like, you know, a little, he's a couple of years older than me. So he's like a, 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 you know, young teenager at that point, he would come and help teach those classes. And so like, I just got to see these guys. So then when I finally did go to the main studio, like the studio on Bowie, um, Klotz Karate, if you guys are interested at all, uh, when I finally got to go there, I was like, Oh my gosh, they have like mats and like punching bags. And there's like a big, like yin yang on the wall and like Korean and American flags, like seeing all that as a kid. Oh, and they had all the belts on the wall. That was like very big for me as a kid. You know, they had like all the belt progression, like up there on the wall. And like, that was like, Whoa. So it was like going from like training in a cafeteria, um, and, and being like terrified to like going into this thing, like, wow, this is amazing. So, um, that was kind of my initial experience. I, I, I spent a couple months at that first, like in Tulip Grove, um, convincing my mom that like no like I'm serious like I really like martial arts like I really like this um, and w one other thing I remember about that and I always tell this when I teach kids classes is like when I would go there like to Tulip Club all the kids would be playing around and like I'm like laser focused you know what I mean like I'm like 
very serious. And then I would go to school. I'd get in trouble at school, but I never got in trouble at martial arts. So it's like always so weird to me when the kids are playing around. I'm like, bro, what are you, what are you guys doing? Because like, I, I forget, like, some kids don't care as much as I did as a little, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Tulip Grove Elementary School uh, and then upgraded to Klotz Karate. And um, that, that was my early years, just learning to punch and kick. Uh, funny thing with uh, Mike he was the last person to triangle me while rolling. Like I always pride myself on not getting triangled or not even not. I'll get in the triangle, but my neck is short and stocky and he kept the triangle, but he adjusted so many times. I want to say like four, five times. And each time it got tighter and tighter and tighter and it got to a point I was exhausted. I was like, I don't know that I could keep fighting this guy. I don't think I can get out of this. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get out, but it was a matter now is like, will his legs ever get tired? And they weren't. No, they so I was like, so I had to tap and I had the secret bounty on my head that I put on my head. I was like, if you can tap me with a triangle, I'll buy you dinner. I never told him that. So... <laughs> One day he'll hear that, and I owe him dinner. Hear this? He's gonna watch this episode, and then you're like, "Hey, I like steak." <laughs> um, yeah, no, Mike. Mike's is like it's funny. Uh, you know, he's over there running that studio now, so the, they have a couple locations. He runs the Bowie Studio, and like he's just like a dad and whatever. You don't think nothing, but then you roll with them, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this guy like stays on it. You know what I mean? So first, like basically running a business and being a father, like he's in a, a amazing shape every time I see him. Um, and those, like, he's got, like, good long legs, which you see from a jiu-jitsu standpoint of, like, ah, oh, I'm in this guard. But, like, I spent, you know, like, my teenage years getting blasted by sidekicks of this big, like, long leg. So that's a guy I've always wanted to uh, watch him fight MMA because he puts it all together really well. You know, I've seen him slip in his head in boxing and then going to kickboxing and then going right into jiu-jitsu. Um, but he's just, you know, he's just not that guy. He's like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I, just, I don't really care about fighting. And I'm like, ah, but I want to see it for me. <laughs> Do it for me. But, yeah. Uh, guy. I like that guy. It would definitely be interesting to just see that because the few times it, it took me a while to kind of w- just warm up to him because I'm awkward and introverted. So I would see him and I would always converse with them, you know, just kind of friendly passing by. Then when we finally started rolling together, it was like, I like this guy because he like it, it was like each time we rolled, it's like he brought something new. It's like he you know, we roll one week. And he comes back the next week and he's learned something new. It's like he's always learning, always building. So that was really cool. So that, that's good to just know that experience there. When you're, um, you know, progressing through martial arts, and, and I understand that, that feeling of, you know, trying to convince your mom that you're serious about it. That's how I had to do with football when I was a kid. I was like, I had to let my grandma know, like, no, I really want to do this until I didn't. Uh, so I, I get that that for sure. When you're younger, doing martial arts were were you uh competing at all at the age where you just kind of going in absorbing it and learning and waiting until you're older yeah so i i did so um they do a good job they have like intramural tournaments like twice a year so i started to do that as a kid um and obviously it's a different feel of being like at your home gym where everyone knows you and cares about you than like going out to compete so i had done a lot of those uh but then like when i was a teenager i, I you know like training to like get my black belt and things so i was like i started doing a lot of tournaments um and those are really fun like uh maryland open and battle of baltimore were two of my favorites because they had like so many divisions and so like 
those would really open your eyes to other martial arts. And, and looking back, I'm like, I realized those kind of helped like flavor my martial arts journey because they had a continuous contact, right? But basically it was like kickboxing fights um, where they would just keep track and like keep going as long as you're not trying to like, you know, they weren't trying to like kill, kill each other, but they, they would have some good scraps. Um, they had jujitsu tournament. And actually the first time I ever competed in jujitsu was well before I was like actually training jujitsu. I, uh, I was like wrestling in high school and still like, I was like right before I got my black belt um and, and karate um and well think so and uh i was like yeah they're just wrestling with the gion i can do this you know what i mean and um like took the kid down because i knew how to wrestle but then i like sat in his clothes guard got swept and then i didn't really know <laughs> like what to do um i think i eventually did get him to my clothes guard because i knew enough about jujitsu to know like that's a thing but i didn't know how to sweep from the clothes guard so i like got held down um and it was really it was interesting and uh it bummed me out. My dad was like, why do you even care? You know, he's like, you don't even do this sport. And, you know, and I won like my division, uh, like my point sparring division. And, uh, and he's like, focus on that. And I'm like, I, I, I want to learn that thing. So then that's uh, after high school, um, after I was done wrestling, it was kind of like it, that, that seed had been planted uh, competing in that division that I had no business competing in, you know, <laughs> like, like now if someone was like, Hey, do you think I should do this division? Even though I don't train jujitsu, I'd be like, maybe train for a couple months first. But I was just a kid that like really liked martial arts and just trying out new stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, li I like competing in point fighting. I actually did it not that long ago. I went back to like an intramural tournament. And so now there's all the like young teenage black belts there. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to enter. And I was like beating up <laughs> on all those guys, not beating up on them, but like trying to show them like, I'm not that old, you know? So it was kind of fun being able to compete against these like 17, 18 year old black belts and like surprise them. Cause they think, Oh, he's over there doing Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. He's not doing point fighting, but I was like blasting him with kicks and like, you know, using all my, my stuff, you know, I was like riding a bike. Um, my, my, my main thing back when I was competing heavily in point fighting was at those tournaments, you would get, I think like three penalties. So I would come out and I'd blast them with the hardest sidekick I could muster and you take your first penalty, right? So you get that penalty that, Hey, watch the control make, Oh, sorry. I'm just excited, whatever. And then after that, every time you lift your knee or pull on your pant leg, you pull that pant leg, they think, oh, he's coming with that sidekick. And the kid is still a little PTSD from getting blasted. So he's, he's going like that. He's like, boop, <laughs> touch him on the top of his head and uh, take your points and go home. So, yeah, I do have fond memories of competing in point fighting. Um, obviously, it's not the same as, like, what we're doing in MMA, but it definitely was a good, a good you know, thing of be fast, be evasive. Um, and, and the final straw of me deciding I need to learn how to hit for real was a fight I got into in high school where – I was fast. The kid couldn't put his hands on me. He's swinging all crazy. And I'm like, boop, 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 boop. But then every time I would land a shot, it was like, what is it? It just bounce off his face. And I realized, okay, point fighting, we're playing tag. And that's kind of one of the other things that planted that seed of like, you kind of need to learn how to turn your punches over, turn your kicks over and actually, you know, hurt someone. That, that was a good point there too, that um, just thinking about when you're saying you blast them with that opening kick. Then when you put a pant leg, you, you know, playing mind games with them which I, I think that's always an important thing in anything, you know, sports wise, especially whether it be uh, martial arts, basketball, football, whatever it may be, you don't see enough mind games right? and, and just the psychological warfare in sports, at least, uh, you know, I'm not aware of it at least. So that's good. They even though that. And I've seen, like, whenever with you, you've done some things that I felt like, wait a minute, I think he's toying with me right now. I, I can't fall for this. Like, you, you fell for it once. Don't fall for it twice. Right. So when you started jujitsu, 
and started really taking it serious. At what age was that? Um, okay, so I wrestled a little bit in high school, right? Like I said, that's what kind of like had me figure out that grappling was like a big thing, you know, like that's kind of what opened my eyes. I was like, ah, someone gonna try to grab me, but they have to get to me for, you know what I mean? That's like the karate man's mindset. Um, and then, uh, like I said, that fight in high school where there, I realized, oh, like grappling is part of fighting. Like we would hit each other. You don't know your range. Next thing you know, you're kind of grappling and pushing off the guy. Um, so that kind of opened my eyes. Uh, and I only wrestled for like, uh, maybe like a year and a half in high school. I wish I had done more, but um, I ended up moving my senior year and I was like bummed and like, you know, it wasn't like my team that I had been training with. Um, so it was the summer right after high school. So I like just graduated. Um, and then like, you know, uh, there's like 30 free days. Um, and actually this is a fun story. So, uh, Brian Welch, who was one of my karate instructors as a kid, right. He's like, you know, up there, like me and Mike Dorothy, both, you know, he brought us up in karate. He actually way back in the day, day met Lloyd Irvin, I believe it was like a Kung Fu tournament or something, some other martial arts tournament. And they got to talking about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, uh, Brian introduced, uh, Leo Dalla to Lloyd Irvin. And then, you know, now Lloyd Irvin's a big, you know, name in the, in the Maryland martial arts scene. So, um, so that's kind of, I already had it in, in a way, you know, so Brian would show some jujitsu. Sometimes we talk about jujitsu. So when I was uh, just out of high school and I was like looking to like grapple, like learn some jujitsu, do some MMA, uh, Brian was like, Oh man, go down there. So that was like, uh, the summer right after high school and they 30 free days, you know what I mean? So I went down and did my little like 30 free days. And then it went very quickly from, I'm just going to do this, you know, for the summer before I go to college to, Ooh, mom, I'm, I don't know. I, I kind of want to just do this instead. Um, so like a lot of my friends that were like went off to college, I just kind of went off and buried my head, you know, down in camp Springs and just, uh, trained there. I trained there for like a couple months. Um, and I would work at pizza. <laughs> I'd work at pizza on the weekends. So I'd train all week. And then on, on the weekends, I would work open to close Saturday, open to close Sunday at Pizza Hut. Um, but even that was like not enough money to really keep, uh, you know, myself fed and tuition paid. So then I ended up just getting a job at the gym. I was like, hey, I don't have uh, <laughs> I don't have any money to keep paying. And he was like, all right, we'll have you have you teach these kids. Um, so then, yeah, I just I was like just in that for for basically what would have been my college years was just me just training um, a lot of jujitsu, um, some striking, but really just trying to learn 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 about grappling that's kind of college you know during your college years that's you know it's the same path same thing honestly when you start like really thinking about it you know you'll get in less you know student loan debt so i I think that was the you know fair choice i think right well less debt but also it's like i know a lot of martial arts now but no one gave me a piece of paper Yeah. Nice to have that piece of paper. You're like, this is what I did, you know? <laughs> True. Now, I have to constantly prove it because you always get that, you know, sometimes you're teaching a class and some guy is like, and you're like, all right, well, I guess you'll have to roll or something. <laughs> like, how else can I validate myself other than you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, this guy knows what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> I always have that weird, I still have the imp- imposter syndrome with doing jujitsu. Is this like, you know, I, I've been doing this, I think, six years, seven years. I, I'm in that window. I, however old my kid is. My kid's five years old. So I think I've been doing six and a half years. And even, you know, just coming to the gym, you see new students and, you know, you kind of roll around a little bit. And there's still that thing of, you know, you'll get with someone new. You can see they've kind of been coming up and they're, they're learning, they're knowing stuff. And then it's like they want to test you. 
Like, oh, what does this guy know? I was like, well, I mean, I know enough to not hurt you. I know enough to not get myself hurt. You know, you know, I, you know, basically I know what I'm doing. Relax, buddy type deal. But, and even for myself, you know, working with, you know, a couple friends and just teaching them jujitsu every so often, you know, comes the question, they'll ask, you know, a question, I feel like trying to test me, like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And in most things, I don't. <laughs> like a lot of stuff, I'm like, uh, like, I'm, and I'll tell you, I don't know. Like, hey, so wh- who's faster, Namor or Aquaman? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, you should know. You read those. Like, yeah. well, And I think it's good, too, to be honest about that. You know what I mean? Like, because I'll, I'll go off, and if it's a position that I'm, like, familiar with and, like, I play a lot, I'm like, yeah, I go in. And I'm like, this, I don't care. I'll give you all my knowledge about it. But if it's, like, a position that I'm not that sure of, I'm like, and I, but I, I know enough people that I'll be like, you should probably talk to that person. You know what I mean? And I have no problem. Like when someone asks me a question, I'm like, dude, there's a black belt teaching this class. Why don't you go ask him? Or like, this is who you need to talk to about this, like certain thing, you know? So, but I think sometimes instructors, they try to BS it. And I'm like, nah, don't do that. Cause now you're spreading. That's how we, I've seen this happen in other martial arts, right? Like that's how the martial arts degrades. Right. And you, you've already, you know, since I was like 18, I've already seen it a little bit in jujitsu. There's like more fake jujitsu now than I feel like there was when I first started, or maybe I was just ignorant to it back then, but you see it happen in other martial arts. Like I love traditional martial arts. Obviously it's my roots, but there's a lot of stuff that I look at and I go, how, how did we get there? Like, how did we get to where that's the acceptable thing? Like you're catching every single punch, pulling their fist in and punch like, no, like just put your hands up. You're not catching every single punch. You're not that fat. Right. So there's like these little things that that make me worried and i think that's part of it is is the bs syndrome you know the mcdojo life stuff you know what i mean is we start passing off bs so that's why i I try to be honest if i don't know it i'm like dude i don't know you need to go ask (laughs) someone better than me (laughs) yeah that's a fair that's that's just the best policy because like you said that's how you degrade everything and it gets watered down and i know for myself i don't personally want to be known as you know a fraud Right. You know, if, if, you know, someone asks me, Hey, like, you know, just sitting around watching fights with friends, you know, ask a question, um, a few years back watching UFC and I was still relatively new. I feel like I was like three years in, I think. So I still, I mean, I still think of now being relatively new, even though I've had some time, but there's just so much to learn and so much to know. But someone asked me a question when the fight went to the ground it's just like, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. It's just, it, you know, that that's the thing. A lot of people will try to be yes because of ego and pride. And it's like, and you know, I told them, I don't know, because I don't have to prove anything to them. It's like, well, you watch this stuff. You're into it. Don't you train? Like, yeah. But I mean, I've been training for three years. Like, there's a lot. You don't just go in, pick it all up and then can, you know, retain it and then give it back out. So being honest with ourselves, being honest with else, you know, people on the outside is always the best policy. Right. And I think that's what separates jujitsu. You know, I mean, if we think about it, it's like a relatively young martial art and you think like, that's the whole thing, right? The whole UFC one was like, let's separate the, the, the BS from the real stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I think that that's why there is such a, a, a good community within jujitsu. That's like call out fake black belts, call out, you know what I mean? Like, 
fake techniques and stuff like that. Um, and and it's hard for me being a fan of of sport jujitsu. And like I love the beauty of like you know like all Keenan's crazy lapel guards. Like it's awesome. I love to watch it. But it also worries me because it's like like the more you the the game tries to beat the game and you go into the meta and then you get away from the original thing of it's martial art it's for fighting you know <laughs> like and you see it happen like like why is there no leg attacks in judo right like judo is a martial art like someone's gonna grab your leg like that's real right so we see it happen in all martial arts and um so i'm hoping that jujitsu stays stays strong and stays on it but you know it is what it is i still see it every every so often you see like the taekwondo school that's like we have jujitsu and it's like Ugh. Or is that a marketing ploy, you know? And the first day white belt doesn't know the difference between the marketing ploy and, you know, he thinks he's learning, you know, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> or whatever. That, that's We just went back and watched UFC, a few of the earlier ones. Um, I think we watched one, three, and I want to say 10. And it obviously got a little better along the way. It was still rough in 10. But watching one and it's you know that was the whole thing this martial art versus that martial art and you see a lot of the the strikers this was more so in number three where they just came out really flailing you know they're getting their stance and they're ready and once they you know shit hits the fan they're like just start flailing and that's where jujitsu kind of swooped in because jujitsu is like let me wrap you up let me get you to the ground there's no flailing i'm just going to slowly work to get to my position and then submit you, whereas you get guys, you know, standing and it's like, okay, uh, there's a, a sumo guy versus karate. I cannot, uh, Ken Hackney and um, uh, Emmanuel Yarbrough in a UFC three. And Hackney was like throwing uh, sidekicks to the thigh because we were looking at this matchup. I was like, he's going against this big sumo dude. What is he going to be able to do against this guy? Yeah. You know, so he's throwing sidekicks to the thigh. And then finally, he just threw an overhand right and dropped him. Dropped him. And then he ran in on him. And, you know, Yarrow took him down. He's like, no, no, don't run in on that big dude. He's 600. You're giving up uh, 400 pounds right now. Like, he's 600 to 200. So, no. And eventually they got back up and he threw another overhand right and, and finished him off with punches, but you know, it, it went from him using this karate to just like, look, swinging. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got to hit this dude and, and put him down. So, you know, you, you do have that thing where you start looking at the martial arts and wondering, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, in a point system or sports system, this works against this martial art and, you know, maybe not so much against another martial art. So, it was good to have those earlier years of the UFC to kind of establish that though. Yeah. To, and, and see, and, and that's what it was. It's like, these are the things from my martial art that do work. You know what I mean? Like, and, Oh, and then he realized, ah, I need to box now. <laughs> like I need to just throw a hard right hand. You know what I mean? And I think that's great. Cause like for me as a karate kid, you do a bunch of really good kicks and then you kind of land in like a weird stance. You know what I mean? It took me a long time to land like, here where I can like throw and do boxing. Right. Um, and I'm still working on that. You have bad habits. Right. So I, I think that that's the beauty of it. That's what sucked me in. I got, a, I had an old pride DVD. It was like my first like MMA DVD. I watched it all the time. It had, uh, had Kevin Randleman versus Fedor Milenko where Kevin like suplexes him onto his head. And you're like, Oh, Fedor just died. And then he comes up and Kimura's Kevin. You're like, Oh, I guess not. And it had, um, 
think it was the same DVD, Quentin Jackson, like, slamming uh, out of the triangle. Like, just, like, a bunch of, like, really that, like, classic stuff. That was, like, my first, like, thing on MMA. I was like, wow, like, this is a, this is all the martial arts together. You know, it was maybe, like, okay, I got to check this out. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, especially that first one. It was a big eye-opener. The, the, the same, like, sumo versus the savat guy, and he, like, boom bang just knocks his teeth out you're like oh really that skinny guy be that guy that's crazy um but i always tell people if i had a time machine this is unpopular because everybody goes oh yeah well hoist gracie's the man you know <laughs> i'm like dude if i had a time machine i would go beat the crap out of Hoist crazy like, yeah and i'm like when when people get mad at that like casual fans will get mad but i think most people that study they understand like how much the sport has evolved that like it wouldn't take much to beat that sidekick you know airplane double leg you know not to disrespect the gracies and what they did for the sport but like it is what it is like i i would go back and try to beat Hoy. i wouldn't try to beat hickson though that would be <laughs> i'm still scared of hickson <laughs> I, I think hickson puts the fear of god in everyone no matter when you, you could go in a time machine, go to the future, get him on his deathbed. And we're still scared of him. So that that was something uh, Coach Mark and I, when we were watching the first uh, couple UFCs and we're looking because I wanted to bring up that point exactly with Hoist Gracie and when he fought Chemo. Like he got he had mount and Chemo just bump and rolled very easily. Yeah. It, it, and I remember when I first saw that, I text Mark. I was like, dude, hold on. I, I think I'm missing something. And I was like, come on, we got to watch this. And we watched it and we recorded and talked about it. Because so it was like, okay. And then we we kind of had the same same thing. Like if we had a time machine, you know, we go back to this point. It's a different game from then versus now because, you know, the things that they were mastering at that time, the, the sport has obviously evolved. And in just so many different ways, you know, when you, you add in, you know, the leg lock game, you know, especially just taking off and making a big thing. There are a couple of points he, he was uh, in half guard, bottom half guard and, you know, seeing, you know, that coming about later on as well. So, you know, looking at, you know, earlier jujitsu and earlier martial arts period, it's not that it was bad. It's just that's what it was then. Right. And it's something different now. So, you know, those those techniques then are probably some of the things that, you know, at later white belt, maybe early blue belt, you know, you're drilling over and over and over. And, you know, to the point of being a black belt now, it's like you've drilled it so much that it is like that's your bread and butter. And not only that, you have, you know, other resources to pull from. So it is always interesting looking at those older uh, yeah. techniques. Oh, and a lot of it was like a guessing game, right? Like, like they're like, uh, I don't know what to do from this position. You know, what do I do? <laughs> and now it's like the, the amount of knowledge is like everybody's selling seminars and DVDs and everything. And like, you have so many people that are masters of different positions, you know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, they got the, the John Donahue people that are like all about like getting to their leg lock positions. And it's like, before it was like uh, I'm just gonna jump back on a straight ankle, but now it's like, dude, if you want to understand leg locks, you got to go through like a whole process. You know what I mean? You got to learn all those positions he's talking about and all the little details. And it's not just like, oh, I'm just gonna dive on legs, you know? And 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 that's what a lot of it was like. All right, I'll just take him down, sit in half guard, and smash. But like you said, like half guard is like seems like a basic guard, but it's evolved to where you know you could try to just sit on the half guard, but like people have answers for your questions now. So 
that's why I like it. Like it, it it's been evolving since you know I started doing it and, it and and i think that that's really cool you know what i mean it's still still not going to slow down anytime soon you know because now we have these little kids that are like already learning all these details you know like some of the kids man like you know you know owen like mm-hmm. joking like that kid needs to be in the adult class like you have kids that have just been doing it since they're so little that it's like second nature to them you know he'll just like jump on your arm i'm a grown man if i grip him he'll just like jump and he's like on an arm bar i'm like oh awesome like you know what I mean? like you're a little kid but like that didn't you even have to think about it right so yeah it's fun to watch, watch it evolve and, and and but it can like make your brain explode and you're like i'm trying to keep up like i just learned about this position and now there's like a whole new thing for me when i went and i i was on like a bit of a training hiatus and i came back it was like everything was uh in jiu-jitsu at least everything was like barren bullows and lassos and I was like, oh, like, I don't know anything about this stuff. And, like, I had to go through, like, a whole crash course of, like, you know, I still kind of knew jujitsu, but, like, all the, like, young blue belts that, like, that's what they came into. And, like, every time I'm with them, I'm like, dude, every time I try to pass, this kid's going under me with the bowl. Like, and I had to, like, learn that game, you know. So that's awesome. I, I love it. I love watching how it, uh, how everything evolves. And, like, I mean, that's why I, one of the reasons I love MMA. It was, like, so hard to keep up with everything. Got to, like between wrestling and striking and, and, and everything it's like you're just constantly learning you know watching mma even just over the last five years the game has changed so much just especially i mean the big thing is, are the low calf kicks you know that's the mm-hmm. bigger yep. new thing that's what's funny is it's i was looking at you know some of the earlier season there were fighters throwing low calf kicks they weren't using them as major weapons they're more just kind of distractions at the time but i thought that was interesting it's like well things a lot of things aren't necessarily new as much as it's, it's a revisit yeah and yeah. then you start retooling that revisit that's it yes well said retooling the revisit exactly because like if you're watching muay thai like calf kick's been around they use it like more for sweeping but it's also like a different stance you're a little taller and then you're like whoa fake bang come underneath you know what i mean and try to sweep the guy um but now it's like mma when you're a little bit lower because you're thinking about takedowns you're thinking about boxing and different things and you start chopping that lead leg i mean we saw it with the with the connor and dustin thing of how how quickly it changed the pace you know the 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 power structure of that fight the next thing you know connor is like oh crap right um yeah and that, and that that's a big thing um justin gaethje is another one he has you know th- this system where i don't i wouldn't say system but you know he'll get you in the clinch and he'll pop a, a calf kick on you or a leg kick on you in the clinch you know sometimes just you know off the breakaway and just pop you with a leg kick on his way out and that you know that works well for him you know there there's guys now they're finding ways to evolve the game and then like i said you have something that was there once before and now you're adding to it and changing yeah. up I'm, I'm always excited to see what's the next thing that's going to be um changed up right and then i like what you said about like the retool because yeah that's not that's nothing new to tie fighters like step back kick you know what i mean but it's like in mma like what's the what's the normal thought okay i get him up against the cage whatever i want to keep him pressed on the cage dirty boxing work maybe drop on some takedowns you know what i mean so for tie fighters like oh that's normal you know but we don't think about it in mma so like that that's why it's cool i mean and that's why i love mma because it's like there's so many routes right if we're boxing, nothing against boxing. I love boxing. Like, it's honestly way more fun than having some guy kick you in the legs and try to, like, slam you on your head. It's like, no, let's just box. Like, boxing's really fun. But it's like, 
who's the best boxer, right? Like who who's gonna just pop their jab and have better defense and, and score, right? Whereas like the less rules and the more things, you know, the more tools you're allowed to use, the more it gets cerebral. It's like less like who's the better boxing athlete, and now it becomes who's the better tactician, who's you know, I mean, who's able to use the skill sets that they do have to find a path to victory? Because if you're a better boxer, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to learn to move my head and drop and get on a shot and use my jujitsu, you know, or you're the better jujitsu guy. Well, I better learn to throw punches and kicks from a, a further range defending takedowns, right? So it's like, that's why it's so beautiful to me. And obviously for the, the layman, it's like, oh, these guys are just smashing each other. I'm like, dude, this is the most this sport is like more thinking than most sports. Right? Like, you're thinking the whole time. And if you try to just be the guy that goes me smash, a lot of times it's not going to go good for you. Cause you're going to walk right into the other guy's game plan. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it works. Like <laughs> you're just like a freak athlete and all roided up. That'll work. But well, you know, it's, it's an example there too. When Nick Diaz, not Nick, Nate Diaz was fighting Leon Edwards. Yeah. And at last minute he caught Leon and you can see Leon was in trouble. And, you know, you know, you get people like rush him, rush him, rush him. And the thing is, if you now try to use that brute force to rush in on him, you can get caught on the way in. We saw it happen with Greg Hardy um, when he fought uh, Ty. Uh, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, the guy from New Zealand who drinks from the shoes. Um, but, you know, Greg Hardy. He heard him. He rushed in and then got knocked on himself. That's the thing. You you think brute force, brute force, brute force, go. You know, that's how you get caught. You, you got to think. Nate's more of like a cardio athlete versus like a more explosive athlete. You know, fast switch, and and and. But that that still drove me insane because I've been defending him for so long, and I've been like, he gets no respect. You know what I mean? And like him. Connor and everyone's like all up Connor's butt. And I'm like, dude, Nate, Nate won ultimate fighter in 2007. Like the guy's been around, he'd been doing his thing. And then he did that where he like pointed at him and I'm like, ah, go. <laughs> so that was what bugged me was the fact that he pointed at him. You know, there are other things to do, you know, not necessarily rush in, but don't just stand there and point and laugh. There's other stuff. Don't, you don't have to run in with your head and get caught. You can come in smart and like land some more points. You know what I mean? Like a little fresh there though, for sure. But but like you said, it is a thinking a thinking game. I mean, you know, I see that just with jujitsu itself. And now you add in, you know, kicks, punches, elbows, you know, everything else that comes with MMA. There's so much thinking that's involved there versus, you know, if you're just in a regular old street fight and, you know, you're standing up. All right, let's just box because I remember just play fighting with friends. You know, after like years later, you know, as I'm older and I've watched MMA, so I know what a leg kick is. You know, I'll stand there with friends. You know, we're like slap boxing out there, a leg kick, and they're like, "No, no, no, no kicks, no kicks." Yeah. Like it's all hands. I'm like, "No, it's a fight." Me, me and Hicks were talking about this the other day, right? So this is what I was just joking about. It's like, it's boxing is fun. Like I legitimately like it's way less annoying like than getting like kicked in the legs and teeped in the chest and like guys shooting on you. You know what I mean? Like. And, and it's like boxing, like there's something about it. It's just like fun and natural, right? So we were joking about that and how like I see how boxing evolved. At some point, the guys were out there fisty cuffing each other and someone kicked some and they were like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. You know what I mean? And then like that's how the sport of boxing came about, you know, because it was just like, no, let's fight. But come on, man, like let's fight. Let's We're here to have fun, you know? <laughs> like, so yeah, that, that's funny that you mentioned that. We were just talking about that the other day. Like, oh. it, 
fighting is just interesting period though because you know again the evolution of it because we've always known for the most part like commercially boxing we knew boxing that that was our combat sport of the u.s you know most of the world it's boxing and then once 1993 hits you start seeing this transition and even still then it wasn't still anything that people cared about because like okay whatever it's not really anything you know you got these guys wrestling on the floor and then you know once you get to 2000 then 2005 then 13 and so forth then it becomes this thing now where you have to pay attention to more than just the hands because you'll get mma fighters that get into the cage and they are you know their first discipline is boxing you know it was, at least this is back even as far back as like 2003 it's like okay he's a boxer or a muay thai practitioner either way it goes that's their bread and butter so if they go in there against a wrestler you know then it's like how good is your takedown defense can you keep this fight standing and then you get the guys that are wrestlers and they'll sit there and shoot for the takedown and shoot for the takedown if you're going against a guy who can sprawl or going against a guy who can you know back up and get against the cage and and you know reposition you know, so fighting has become this thing now where it's just there's so much thinking to it. There's so much training and preparation that goes into it now versus, like I said, even seven years ago. You know, it's just it's a different animal. A hundred percent. Like you, when you watch that early stuff, you realize how much of it was just like, let's be tough, you know. And it, it is funny. <laughs> old school MMA guys like I've met like a couple of like old school MMA guys. And it's funny because they always remind me of, of Max Lloyd, who's like an old school MMA guy, right? And and it, they all have this like similar thing of like grind, like they're they're just tough guys, and like they're showing a technique, and they're like, and then you're just gonna punch them there, and they're like they're really punching you, you know. I've met a couple people like that, and it's like they're almost always guys that started uh, MMA like in the '90s, right? Because back then it was like, yeah, there was we're learning technique, but it was also about like, man, there's not that much technique, like let's just be tough, you know what I mean? And you see that. Like, if you ever watch, like, Smashing Machine, it was like, who can be the toughest? Who can do the most steroids and just smash? And that's why I love it now, because it's like, yeah, everybody's got to train hard now. It's like, no one never said, hey, let's stop training hard. But now it's like, no, you just got to be technical. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like let's just learn all these little tiny details, you know? And it's like, it, it's almost better to just, like, spend more time learning all those details. Because when you get injured or something, and you're sitting in the hospital bed for whatever, six months, and you come out, and you're just, like, fat, and, you know, your muscles have been atrophied. You lost all that tough cardio that you did, but you don't lose that knowledge. You know, it's like riding a bike. You know, it might not be, it might be rusty when you hop back in, but it's like you still got it. You know, so, but yeah, that was an example too with Tank Abbott versus Frank Amir. Tank Abbott was the ultimate, just go in there and smash. And he got in there with Frank Mir, and Frank Mir was like, "Here, let me introduce you to a toehold real quick." He was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like, what was that?" So. And again, that's where you see that transition because there was still a lot of that tough guy still going into the 2000s. And I think once, I mean, WEC had always been there with um, Zufa, but once they absorbed into the UFC, you start really seeing them on a bigger platform. I think, you know, people were still kind of like bully, smaller guys who no one wants to watch them. But once you start paying attention to, you know, a dominant cruise or Uriah Faber, you know, coming there with a lot of technique, uh, Jose Aldo, you know, um, Chad Mendez, like all these guys who are like, okay, they're small, they're fast, you know, and they're precise. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're that little guy in the room getting smashed by big guys, I mean, that's, 
that's jujitsu, right? Like that's Elio. Like you're the you're the littlest brother. So you're you're learning to be a little more technical and use your speed and use the attributes that you do have, right? I mean, that's why I like watching girl fights. Like think about that. Yuana, um, dang, what's her name? Young Young Lee. I would Whaley, right? Um, it's like they're not they're ah man, this is not a thing that you're supposed to say out loud. But a lot of times, girls don't knock each other out, right? And and or if they do, it's normally with a head kick. But man, was that a good fight? Like they're just pressing the pace and they're just touching each other the whole time. Like, dude, that fight. I I've gone back and watched that fight like two more times because it's just like in a perfect world, like that's how you would fight all the time. Just fast, touch, stepping out, landing a leg kick off of every combination. You know what I mean? Like it, it's awesome to watch if you're like a technical guy you know and obviously you have the fans that are more like nascar fans that are waiting for the cars to crash you know they're like i just want to see a knockout and i'm like i i understand that from a martial arts perspective i think yeah little guys and and female fighters sometimes it's like the most entertaining to watch for me whenever i have people over for fights and i don't do it too too often but whenever i do get cards i especially like when there's whether it's prelim or main card, if there's, you know, like a straw weight fight on there, even flyweight fights, just because again, you're going to more than likely see a good fast paced fight, whether it goes to the ground or not, you know, there's still a lot of technique there. And, uh, you know, I still go back and watch the, the Joanna and uh, Whaley Zhang, uh, Zhang fight. It's just, it's such a fun fight. And, you know, my wife sits here and watch it with me, you know, and we both just talk about it. And, you know, she's not really into martial arts. She's not well versed in it, but she'll watch that fight and, you know, she'll even comment on things. And it's just, you know, there's so much technique there. When, when you watch, like uh, recently, um, TJ Dillashaw came back and he fought uh, Corey Sanhagen. And that fight, I, I came in, I think, mid third round uh, when, when I, because I thought it would be on later. And someone text was like, "Oh my god, this is such a good fight!" I was like, "Dude, it's fucking nine o'clock. Like, what are you talking about?" Like, yeah, oh, but There's- it it was such a good, you know, just good technical fight, just good movement. And I was like, okay, you know, this is fun to watch. You know, again, these smaller guys, uh, Mighty Mouse versus Suhudo. Uh, that that uh, the second Suhudo fight. That was a really good technical fight. You know, just seeing these guys move and just, you know. You're not going to get your knockout more than likely with the smaller fighters, but you will see. Awesome. Like Mighty Mouse is like a great martial artist of our time, you know? And like, it's, it's frustrating from a martial artist perspective to see, like, he doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he's not a, like a shit talker. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're, if I'm allowed to say that on your show, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like I, it, it agitates me and it's like, I understand it from an entertainment perspective but as someone that's been doing my martial doing martial arts my whole life it's like dude i like the guy that's like gonna be quiet humble and then perform technically you know like that's awesome so like i love mighty mouse but then it's like i get it i I understand like connor talks great you know what i mean like he sounds good talks smack he like gets you amped up like you want to see that fight and it's like it's frustrating you know Or, or or like like all this youtube boxing stuff you know, it's like, man, like, technically, like, this guy is not a martial artist. Like, he hasn't been studying this art like Mighty, Mice, Mighty Mouse has for all these years. But, like, you want to watch it because the trash talk. So, frustrating, but I still get it. But, like, yeah, man, like, Mighty Mouse. And, and the other argument people make for Mighty Mouse is, like, who did he really fight? But it's like, dude, I don't know. He's looking technically sound, like, like basically stunting on people in a lot of those fights and not talking any smack. 
Like when you go undefeated for a while, you it'd be very easy to start like having a big head and like talking all that smack. But you just like, no, I'm just gonna, you know, win my fights and play my Twitch. <laughs> like, you know, I just Call of Duty or whatever. <laughs> I think that's one of those things where, like you said, that's just. You know, he's one of the great martial artists of our time. He's humble about it. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and put on a show as far as talking trash. And, 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 you know, maybe I'm old school. Maybe my mindset is just like, look, dude, just go out there and do the thing. You know, I don't, you know, I, I get it. You know, after the Connor fight, you know, I, I don't, I hardly ever read comments on anything, but I, I decided I want to torture myself that weekend. And I started reading a lot of comments um, after the Connor fight and, you know, just people like, well, he's the face of MMA. MMA needs him without him. You know, UFC would be nothing. And it's like, well, UFC was there before Connor. Yeah. UFC is going to be there after Connor. I mean, and, and that's the thing. There was Ronda before Connor. And before Ronda, we had uh, Brock Lesnar. Before Brock, we had Chuck and Tito. And before that, we had Ken Shamrock and then Gracie, Mark Coleman. You know, we had the the, the sports going to be there. It's not going anywhere because we don't have a trash talker. You know, let let your work in the in the cage prove its worth versus, you know, I'm going to go out here and talk a lot of trash. And Connor was able to back it up, you know, but the game is evolving. And with him just, you know, having, you he know, time. 145. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like once he moved up from 145, yeah, he went to 155, knocked out um, Eddie Alvarez. And, you know, that was cool and all. Good for him. But what is he? He's like three and four or something at like higher weights? Uh, let's see here. So he beat Alvarez. He beat Nate. He beat Cowboy. And he lost to Dustin twice. Khabib, Nate. Yeah, so yeah, three and four. So, so I'm not like a super Connor hater. I mean, I don't like the way he talks. Obviously, I, I, I watch him fight and I like the way he fights. But that would that would be my idea. Like, just go back to 145 and do that thing that you were doing. You know? Yeah. I and mean, if it was up to me, there Connor would not be the face. It would be freaking like Wonder Boy, maybe. You know, like someone that because it's like I I'm the same. I came from as a karate kid, and he he lives that. You know, he's like very humble, even when he got knocked out. He's like on the like, oh, that sucked. You know what I mean? And, like, just that. Like, that reminds me of my karate instructors as I was a kid. Like, just, like, hey, we're going to be focused here. We're, we're going to keep a good attitude. We're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like that. I, I like that style. But doesn't sell fights as much as being the trash talker. Yeah, that's, like I said, maybe, you know, maybe our mindsets are just too old school in, in the sense of just, you know, humble and respectful. But at the end of the day, I know if I'm out there getting thrashed, I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. But the response to that is just, well, damn, I got to get better. You know, good, good fight. You know, in, in Connor's case with, with the Dustin fight, it was a freak accident. So, you know, ultimately it's still a loss. He couldn't answer the bell. So that's still a loss, but you know, you, you know, you carrying over that that weight of you know talking trash about his wife while you're down. It's like, dude, you like you just you, you lost to Khabib and got got your ass beat after the fight, right? You, I thought you know, that you, humbled him, right? Like, I thought that humbled him. Like, 
but it seemed like it did for like a minute. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like Dustin could have very easily run over and started stomping him if, you know, he was that kind of dude. But Dustin, you know, took the high road and, and proved the point of, look, dude, I'm the bigger dude here. Like, you know, it sucks. I, I hope he gets better. But, you know, I don't know. That's, you know, the dark side of of martial arts. You know, the beautiful side of martial arts is the respect, the humbleness, and, and just ultimately wanting to learn and grow with whichever art you're, you're in. Yeah, the respect. I think that's a thing that like, never fought, like, you know, do one, you know, or something. Because the, the respect, like, it's hard to explain to people that haven't done it. Because um, after you, like, spend, you know, whatever, 15 minutes trying to kill a guy, it's like you have this bond. It's like I don't even – it's like uh, like stress bonding or something. You know what I mean? Like uh, I remember my second fight I ever had, it like went the distance. Um, I won the decision, but like I couldn't. It was like when you're punching in a dream. You know, I was like mounting him, and I was like, ugh, so tired. But I'm trying to punch his face, but it's like the punches just aren't strong enough because I'm so exhausted. And uh, we're at like Waffle House, you know, like later that night after the fights, partying together, hanging out. And there's some old old dude in there. He goes, "Hey man, who messed up your face?" And like, and he goes, he puts his arm around me. He goes, "This guy did." And he's like, "Why are y'all hanging out?" You know. And I'm like, "You don't get it. Like, we're like best buds now. You know what I mean? Like, and even like uh, my my the last fight I had, like the guys like messaging me like, "Hey man, I think I'm gonna come up and train with you guys." You know, it's like you just become buddies, and like that's that's the beautiful part. And and honestly, it's like uh, me and me and Lewis Brooks and we were talking about this the other day about when the guy's a hole, it kind of ruins it. It's like when they're like Eve still talking smack after the fight, you're like, you're missing out on the best part. Like the best part is in the locker room afterwards. You're like, bro, when you landed that knee, that was such a good, yeah. When you slipped off and like you, you, that man, that transition was beautiful. Like that part, like that's honestly my favorite part of martial arts. Like the way that it's like, you can be humble and winning and defeat and, and, you know, be friendly. And, and it's not about like fighting isn't about rage. You know what I mean? It's the opposite. It's about keeping your cool and staying calm, cool and collected, you know, and, and, you know, being the dangerous guy without being, some crazy hothead you know what i mean like it's like i bet i'd rather be dangerous than than useless but i don't i don't want to like flaunt the fact that i am you know like i love when you see fighters they fight you know afterward they you know they congratulate each other and they hug and then later on at a later camp you see that they're training together because you see like hey you use this in, in our last fight, can you sh- can you help me with that? Can you show me how to do that? Uh, I think that's very important too. Yep. With uh, your martial arts, you know, uh, focus right now, you know. So where are you in that? Are you you have any specific focus as far as you know one discipline over the other, or are you just kind of uh, you know going back into the MMA world? Yeah, so I'm in MMA. Um, it's kind of like I love MMA. Uh, because I'm just a martial arts nerd and I think like MMA is like it's everything right it doesn't it's not exclusionary like if you can make it work it works you know what I mean there is no like right or wrong it's like this technique will never work in MMA until one guy does it and you go oh crap okay it does so for me like I'm still in the MMA um you know like really like my my biggest passion is is jujitsu like I'm gonna do jujitsu forever um and honestly there's like the old man in me is like bro just stop getting punched and kicked just put the gi on and go do jujitsu, right? So that's like my my deepest dream. But then there's like the the young man in me that has been doing this for a long time is like, shut up. Like we've been training all this time. 
Like we're gonna have some freaking pro fights. Like I want that check. You know, when someone hands you the 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 thing that says like here, here is money for fighting services rendered. Like here, like it, that's like the ultimate like someone saying, okay, you know, you know a little bit about martial arts that will pay to watch you do it. You know what I mean? So for me, it's not all about like, like I say, I'm a martial artist. It's not all about like the trash talk and the hype of the fight and the glory and all that. It's just that, that recognition of like, okay, I've been doing martial arts long enough now that someone's going to pay me money to go in there and do it. Like that's to me, like that's the ultimate coolest thing in the world. And if I can add in traveling, like if someone's like, Hey, you want to fight in wherever Asia, you want to fight in Europe? Like that would be the dream. Oh, you're going to pay me to travel, which is one of my favorite things, and to do martial arts, which is one of my favorite things, but like freaking awesome. So that's the goal right now. Um, luckily, you know, I have a I have a significant another who is supportive of what I do, um, and uh, isn't like, hey, get a real job, you bum, you know. So I'm able to make it work uh, for right now. Um, but yeah, that's the goal. Um, hopefully, getting some fights soon. Coming down off a little bit of COVID weight, but it's been coming off pretty honestly pretty good the last last couple weeks uh like i signed up this weekend battle of the beach i signed up for i think 179.9 and then woke up this morning i was like 183 i was like oh we're already there so coming down pretty quick um hopefully if i can get down low enough to be 155 uh, i would still do that at amateur but for a professional i want to be back to my 145 which everyone scoffs when I say, and I'm like, like, you don't know. I just got a little, I got a little chubby during COVID, but I also got a lot stronger. Um, working with Lewis, man, like, I gotta give that guy a shout out while I have the opportunity here, because like, uh, I pretty much, I'm just around him all day. Like, I go in in the morning, spar him. You know, um, he he came from a K1 gym when he was back, you know, uh, back in the UK, and so he's got some like different looks coming from K1 guys. So he's like giving me like, you know good leg kicks, good step off angles, bang. And um, then, you know, I have kind of like better jujitsu than him. So I'm explaining to him like, oh, this is what, right. So we have a good amalgamation there. And then I go over to Axis and this guy knows a lot about strength and conditioning. Um, if you unprofessional athlete on uh, Instagram, he's got a lot of good stuff. Like just follow him and you'll learn something about sports performance. Um, but then I go there and he's yelling at me to pick things up and put them down. And then Man, and then after he told me to put it down, he told me to pick it up again. And I'm like, I just put it down, you know? <laughs> so uh, I feel really strong right now. Um, and now getting back to that post-COVID weight, but like maintaining the muscle that I've put on while I was fat, like I think I'm going to be at a good spot. Because, um, yeah, I feel super strong. All, all thanks to Axis. Good, good. That's good to hear. I don't know. I, I'm biased because I know you. I, I know our guys. So I'm always super excited and just optimistic like almost overly optimistic and i'm like they can never be stopped nothing like they can fly if they want like these are our guys over here you know training here in maryland but no i'm excited to hear that i'm glad that you know like you said coming off covid and everything just the world's coming back to itself and yeah. you know being able to now get tournaments going again jiu-jitsu uh competitions going again get an mma fights going again you know it's good and coming out of that knowing you know that look there's going to be a bounce back you got to be ready for yeah. that bounce back versus you know going into covid you know there people handle these types of stress differently you know myself i you know i packed on some extra pounds i quite a few of them dude i love pastry so much uh, it's 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 really bad and chewy chips ahoy's like i 
I'm pretty sure that was my diet for most of COVID that and, and honey buns. So, uh, you know, I got a little pudgy, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I just got to learn how to use my weight now. So I, call I was telling my roommate, cause he's got a bunch of boxes of quest bars in his thing. And uh, he was really sick the other day and he couldn't eat anything. So his girlfriend got him uh, Oreos. She's like, this is your favorite food. If you can't eat anything, I bet you can eat these. And he was like, oh, he's like forcing himself to eat Oreos. His stomach was all messed up. So anyways, I've been eating really healthy. A bit more weight's been coming down. And uh, I, I ate, you know, like a rotisserie chicken and a bunch of vegetables. And then I was like, man, that guy's got Oreos in there. <laughs> and like I ran and I jammed one of my, I started chewing it and I ran to the trash can. I spit it out and I ran back. And I grabbed another Oreo and I was like, ah, and I looked and he had the cookies and cream quest bars. And I like put the thing back and I, <laughs> I ripped open and I, and I jammed it in my mouth. But it's just like, yeah. So I like, just to let you know, like I'm a fat boy at heart. So as soon as COVID was around, you know, it's like different when you're like, you have the goal of like, man, I'm trying to fight. You know, it's like easy to be like, Ooh, I don't need to eat that. But when COVID happened, it was like, dude, the gym, like I wasn't even like training really like gyms closed. It's like, ah, you know, might as well eat. So let it, let it go a little bit. So no judgment, no judgment. If you put on some weight during COVID, I think most people did. Yeah. It's like, I look at my stomach. I'm like, Ooh, you look pregnant today. So as I'm sitting here at, uh, at my table, recording i look straight across the room i see my treadmill looking at me like come on come do it i'm like yeah maybe like we'll talk i don't about hey this time of year outside running man outside so treadmills for the winter so outside running for me gets tough just because we're scheduled yeah it's like i never with my wife going to work at night and then morning time she gets home and it's time for me to go to work so it's one of those weird things where it's like okay I like to get outside because yeah, there's nothing better than running and getting that fresh air and just yeah. you know, working up that sweat outside in the heat and, and just enjoying the elements. Right. Like, even if it's raining, you know, not like a, you know, torrential downpour, but you know, you know, you got like a little sprinkle, oh. get out there. Out there in the rain, the thunder, I'm like, ah, <laughs> I, there's a, a video uh, clip, I think from Instagram, you're out there, you're shadow boxing in the rain. Yeah, it was like, it's like strong storm that came in. I was like, I don't know. It just got me amped. I was like, yeah. I was like, we're going out here. And I just had like tie shorts on and no shirt. I was like out in the rain, shadow boxing and like going crazy. And I guess people like that. Out. Cause then I was at a tournament like a few weeks later and some guy came up to me. He's like, like, Hey, I just watched a video of you shadow boxing in the rain, man. He's like, that was cool. He's like, you're right. He's like, that, that stuff gets me amped, you know? And like, I was like old school martial arts, like, you know, like being in the elements and like, like letting nature like empower you. Like, that's why I like that running outside. Like I, I just love it. Like go out there. Um, just at my brother's wedding, which was in like West Virginia, like just like going and running around in the mountains and you're like scrambling rocks and there's like bears like over there and stuff. And, and I don't know, something about that. It makes, makes you feel like more primal, you know, it's like, yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, Nike Run Club. If anybody listening wants to follow me on Nike Run Club, I'm real competitive. So the more people that are on the leaderboard, the the more I'll I'll push my miles, you know. So <laughs> so friend me. Every time you like shout something, I'm like over here writing down notes. It's like okay, another note, another oh. note. Add into the uh, the show notes when I post it up. Oh, perfect, cool. Um, so you know, as, as we you know, kind of went through the just discussions of martial arts and just that journey and everything and you know where you've been where you're at and where you're going uh just to kind of veer off just a little bit off uh martial arts but it's still nerdy still nerd them let's let's stay there okay. uh because that's one of the things i always scope out when you know i meet people 
it's like, okay, who, who's in the culture? It's like, all right, who likes what nerd thing? It's like, all right. It's like, I'm talking to this guy here. He likes comic books. I'm talking to this guy here. He likes Dragon Ball. I'm talking to this guy here. He's big into like just all types of wild anime. So out of everything right now, just growing up, everything combined, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite character? Whether it be anime, you know, you know, Marvel Comics, DC Comics, uh, Image Comics, whatever it may be. This exact moment in time, because that's a really loaded, hard question. Because uh, you know how it is when you when you got your different nerd stuff, you bounce around and you're like, this week, like this is my favorite thing. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, like when I was a kid, like like Goku, I love Goku. Like you know what I mean? Like you you graduate through different things, but at this exact moment in time, time, my favorite nerd character is Geralt of Rivia. Um, super. Super like so. I'm I'm almost done with the book series. Uh, watched the Netflix series, and I downloaded The Witcher three. I played The Witcher one like a bit like back in the day, um, and then, but like my brothers told me like no, The Witcher three is the best one. So I uh, so I didn't want to like go back because I don't have that much time for video games. Like you know how it is when you're training twice a day, strengthening, running. So I was like, all right, let's do the books. And then I have these videos like in my, my watch list on YouTube for like the minute I finish the last book, which is like a recap of The Witcher 1, recap of The Witcher 2. Then I'm going to start playing The Witcher 3 and uh, Black Ops 5 is going to be RIP for me. So <laughs> finishing up a couple paint jobs on Black Ops 5 and then we're moving into The Witcher. Uh, just because, man, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I not to be one of those guys that got into it because of the show, but like, you know, I, I always heard, my brother always told me, um, because of the amount of hours I put it on Skyrim, he's like, you should play The Witcher, you should play The Witcher. And then I had fear because the amount of hours I put in on Skyrim, I'm like, I don't need to do that again. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm accomplishing things. I'm going to training. Like I, I will get sucked in. You know, I love other worlds, you know, like fantasy worlds. I love getting sucked in. Um, and I would literally go into Skyrim for hours and not come out. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's what I'm working on right now is is Witcher stuff. Um, it's my favorite. Yeah, at, I, at time by next month it'll probably be something different <laughs> yeah i mean it, it is one of those weird questions where yeah like i said at the time it's like what are you into yeah it, it always changes it's always ever flowing yeah. it, i used to play diablo 2 oh yeah diablo 2 yeah. and a, a friend of mine the only reason i got into it is because there's kind of this this challenge where he was like he was explaining it to me and it was kind of interesting but i didn't care that much to get into it but when he started saying you could never like get into level 99 is impossible okay. he was like bullshit it's no. <laughs> like let me show you <laughs> so i downloaded it or no no i'm sorry i didn't download i went out and bought it at target he was like get lord of destruction so i get that we get into it he and i started working together because he had been playing for years but th there's kind of a base level of play where you're playing, you know the game. But when we started playing together, it went to another level of deep understanding of the game because, you know, we, we knew to collect runes. We knew we can make certain, um, you know, weapons with the runes. And, you know, as we started really digging deeper and, and building our characters and not just building them, but now combining powers in certain ways like you know your, your skill tree building your skill tree a certain way so that way you know if you had a, a paladin the hammered in they called it you know you can just about go through and, and kill anything 
no problem. And then we start toying with lightning with the assassins and, and the sorcerers. So start toying with that. And it got to this point with me, he dropped off. He stopped playing for a while. I had a light sword and I just kept working on her, working, working, working. I got her up to 94, like 94 clean, you know, you know, no help getting rushed or anything. And I, you know, then uh, Diablo three came out and everybody's telling me to get to that. And I thought about, it. I was like, dude, the time that I put into the, into Diablo two with this light sort, I don't know that I could do this again. And and not only that, you know, I, I got other shit to do. You know, at that time I was playing football, uh, you know, I was playing basketball, you know, recreationally. It, it was like, do I want to spend all my time at, you know, late night, now learning this new game and it's not exactly how the old one is and i'll get acclimated but it, it getting lost in those fantasy worlds it, there's just a charm to it that you you can't explain it unless you know the person's been in there yeah and that's what you just described is like a, a beautiful illustration of the mastermind theory like the you know mastermind principle where you're like around people that are like-minded and you're sharing and you're bouncing ideas off each other and that energy right so like you, you guys are like nerded out with mastermind of like we're gonna freaking push these characters um you know what the diablo 2 taught me uh when i was like really young it was like one of the first like open map kind of you know destroying monsters game i kind of played taught me uh if you're real lazy uh necromancers and druids because you get other people to fight for you so by the time i got around to skyrim i just had like if you if you play skyrim you know like sneak archer is the most broken thing you know so i had like a sneak archer necromancer so it'd be like i'd have like an army of like you know i think at, at my highest i could have like seven people like go run over there and i'm just chilling in the back like bink 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 so like even on like the highest difficulty it started to get like a little bit ridiculous because you just you just like and that the the life lesson is outsource, you know, <laughs> delegate. You guys go fight. I'm gonna chill back here. See, I had a really really crappy computer because this was during the time where I was like, I fancy myself a tech guy, so I built my own computer, and it was fine for basic stuff like MySpace, like WordPress stuff like that, basic stuff. Then I started getting into these games and trying to. I, I jumped in, wanted to use uh, the Necromancer. And my computer couldn't handle. Oh, and I was too much, too much rendering of all the different characters at once. Yeah, my my computer shut down and just died. It, it would just shut off. I was like, okay, need a new computer. Got a new computer. Like bought one, ready to go. Same issue. So then I got another computer. Like you know, not not like I'm going out buying computers like brand new, like fancy computers. Like when I got that second computer, it was kind of a hand me down, but it was a little better than the one that I built. And finally, at one of the jobs I had, they were just throwing money at me. So I was like, let me go ahead and buy this. So I got a Mac Mini, and and things were a little different. But by this point, now I'm in love with this uh, Lightning character. So, you know, I have a Javazon who was using Lightning. I would have a, a, a Trap a trap Send using Lightning. I'd have the Light Sork. You know, all my characters were Lightning because the Lightning was putting out the most damage. It's just building that skill tree. It it was like if you messed up one thing, it all collapsed. So you had to be very like delicate with building that skill tree. And 
the light sword by the time you're level 40 she's doing 50k damage which is the max and you don't really need more than 11k to be honest but like i could just run through nightmare easy yeah got to hell it got a little tough but you know you find your ways around it because you run into i can't remember the creatures but there's some creatures that are immune to lightning and it, it got a little problematic so i'd have to figure out ways to teleport in do what i gotta do and get out but i feel like they do that on purpose they like they they make the skill trees especially the diablo games like uh i played diablo 3 not too too long ago a couple years at this point but like it's like if you don't know right and then once you build the character and you look back it's like crap like you know what i mean so it's like they're forcing replay like they're forcing you to well i have to build a new character where like you like man, I'm gonna keep this character, but then you realize you really messed up that tree, you know. And like, like a lot of games will give you an easy out now. Like that's a thing. Like you can like re rebalance. Like that's like an easy out. But yeah, it is frustrating. It's like I feel like they tricked me. Like they they knew I was gonna mess this up because when you first start a new game, you don't know any of the stuff. You're like, um, where am I gonna spend these XP points? There, whatever, you know. And then you, realize, I've made a huge mistake. Like, <laughs> and that was the thing with Diablo. I I think I had three different sorcerers. Uh, I think I, I tried with Frost. Fire just never interested me because I think Fire was one of the weaker for the sorceress, I think. But once I figured out Lightning, it, I, at this point, I had been playing for a solid year, maybe year and a half. I was like, okay, now I think I get it. Lightning is the key. So anytime I made any character, it had to be Lightning. Like There's no other option but Lightning. And now I'm starting to get I'm starting to get those feelings now again where it's like, damn dude, I want to play. Like because <laughs> like when technology started moving on and Diablo 3 is the thing, Diablo 2 wasn't playing on some of the later Macs. They I'm sure they have to have a fix for it now. I think after this, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go look it up because I I'm jonesing right now. <laughs> it's hard for me. That's my retirement plan, man, honestly. Because I figure by the time we're like 80 like the video games are gonna be so dope like it's just gonna be like a freaking iv that you put in your arm and you're just some like other realm you know because like i just don't have the time and my brother's a big gamer it's like he's all about it and he's always sending me like you should do this you should do this like red like red dead and all these games that like i know i would put so many hours into i'm like i want to dude don't lie but like especially right now it's like i have goals i have things i'm trying to do it's like the, the the amount of time I have for video games is very finite. You know what I mean? Like Saturday is my off day. It's like my not training day. So I teach like most of the morning and then the evening I'm like, all right, we'll get some games going. Um, and Call of Duty because I'm a big zombies guy. Um, I love like it's a little annoying because they've changed up the storyline. But if you're a Call of Duty zombies person and you know, like, you know, the original, like, you know, Rick Toffin and Takiao and Tank Dempsey and all like their like story quest. Uh, it's like really cool because it's like not a linear story, so you gotta like play through all the maps and like find all that. So like, I really get into like lore, you know. I really like writing. So like, uh, yeah. So it's interesting now. Black Ops Five they change the story up a little bit, but um, trying to trying to piece the, the stuff together as they release the maps, it's a lot of fun. But anyways, my point is that like I, I I don't have the time to put in on all these like story mode games that I want to. So that's my goal. When I'm like eighty, I'm just gonna be like retired just every day wake up all right putting in an eight hour shift every day <laughs> pc build go for it that's actually how it was when i was playing diablo i'd come home from work because at that time i worked nights and the job that i did at night didn't always require us to stay all night so 
We go into work at 10, get home at two. I get home at two. All right. And, and the guy that I worked with, he was the guy who got me into it. So he drive home to Westminster and he was like, text me. I'm like, text me when you get home. We're going to hop on. Boom. We hop on, do some bell runs, start, you know, kind of building up. And then he's like, you know, what? I want to make a new character. All right, cool. You do it. I'll run you through, run them through. Cool. And, you know, that was it from 2 a.m. I want to say till probably about six or seven. You know, that's all we did. And we did this for months. Yeah. Like, and it, those hours are like, that's when you're going to game the best. <laughs> no one's calling your phone. Yeah, th- that was my biggest Skyrim grind was when I was, I would sleep in the day. And then I would wake up and I would just freaking all night because it's like no one's texting you, no one's calling you, no one's bugging you. <laughs> and I, I was I, like, I get obsessed with things. So when we would go to work at night, I would like I'd have books, you know, like I'm like reading books about Diablo and, you know, what to do here. You know, I'll print out pages, you know, because this was when smartphones were just kind of coming about. Not everyone had like an iPhone. I think I can't remember what I had. It was uh, some sort of a flip phone. But so I couldn't pull stuff up online, like on my phone, but I would get home, get on the computer, find something, print it out. When we get to work, you know, during some downtime, I'm sitting there reading, you know, know, I'm telling like, yo, if we do it this way, we, you know, we can do this and like, okay, you know, like that, that level two, when you get into the desert, all right, here's a pattern here. And we got so good at the game. People thought we had a map hack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, we played it so much that we kind of had it memorized. It, like, like it, it's, it was wild. And like, as I'm thinking, I was like, damn, dude, I want to get back on this. But yeah, it's like, I don't have the time to devote like that because I already don't sleep. Yeah. So now if you put that back into the fray, like between the podcast, between trying to get my body back into like, you know, jujitsu shape and getting back out there on the mats fully, you know, work family is like, try to put in Diablo in there. Now it's like, okay, something's going to have to suffer and it might have to be sleep. So it sleeps overrated. Sleeps overrated. Um, all right. So we're going to um, go ahead and wrap up here. This, this has been great. Like just, it's a lot of fun before we get out of here though. Any shout outs you want to throw out there? Uh, where can we find you uh, social media wise? Anything you got out there to add for us? Uh, Mahoney Badger on Instagram. I don't really use anything else um, just because a lot of negativity on Facebook and stuff. So I just, you know, Instagram, little pretty pictures. Um, and you can, and it's a lot of like fitness stuff and stuff like that. So that's why I like that. Um, so yeah, follow me on Instagram. Um, I offer everyone a free private lesson. So if you are interested in that message me, like everyone, I don't care. I love teaching martial arts. So come in, take your free private lesson. I think a lot of people feel like if they know they don't really have the money to buy, you know, reoccurring lessons from me, they don't want to do it. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'm not going to be like butthurt that you came and took advantage of my free private lesson. I'm like, come do it. Come hang out. Even if you train or you don't train, it don't matter. If you're getting ready for something, I'll like... I, like I said earlier, I don't have all the knowledge, and I can refer, refer refer you to the people that do. But I've been doing martial arts since I was seven. I'm 32 now, so I, I know a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's it. Hopefully, um, next time I talk to you, I'll have a fight like posted so I can, you know, kind of hype that up. But um, right now, all we got is, what, Naga this weekend? So, yeah. Come to Wildwood. Yeah. Teammates are listening. Come to Wildwood. We're going to do some jujitsu and maybe some gambling. I don't know. <laughs> all right awesome that's good good stuff um and i'll put all that in the show notes as well for everyone else out there 
thank you as always for listening to the show. They, it's surprising that it's been working. So thank you so much. I just appreciate the hell out of everyone. So thank you for that. Uh, big shout out to student BJJ. Every episode I shout this dude out and I'm going to keep doing it because he has been a tremendous help to me with all of this, just from, you know, losing accounts and helping me get them back up. And just in general, part of my building on Instagram was pretty much off of him. The, we, we built off of each other. So uh, check out soon to BJJ on Instagram and also check out the website soon to BJJ.com. Um, also big shout out to Jits bitch. I just can't, you know, appreciate this woman enough either. Just, she does so much for, you know, um, women's jujitsu, just as far as, um, you know, putting like information out there for everyone, just trying to help everyone. So, you know, if you're not following her, go follow her, go converse. She's a friendly person. Um, she sent me this awesome mug that I, I, I love the hell out of this mug. It, it's when I got it, I, I, cried you know because it's like dude world's best bjj account official wine mug so it gets me in the feels every time her and bjj mama so thank you both of you thank you everyone for listening y'all keep listening to me and i'll keep making these shows thank you y'all they it. now let me see his song hey <laughs> I hope you have me back. This was fun. I enjoyed it. For my- sure. Like, yeah, definitely want to have you back because, dude, I'm just trying to think about the notes that I'm going to write for this. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, it was fun nerding out just overall. So this is going to be great. So thank you so much.